Hey, this is Shamina. This is the Two Quick Things podcast. And the last week or so, I can honestly say that my soul has been tired. <clears throat> I've been trying to think of what does that actually mean when your soul is tired? Then I tried to find some articles like, what does it mean when your soul is tired? And why would I use those specific words to describe how I feel? And really, there wasn't anything that I read that I connected with, but I realized that I was physically tired. I was sleeping really, really hard for the entire night, almost without getting up to go to the restroom, which I normally do in the middle of the night. And I was still waking up tired. My mind was going into overdrive, but I wasn't thinking about anything specific. And then I was working out last week with my trainer, which I do twice a week. And I told him, I said, I don't think I can get up the next morning. Like I had planned to get up the next morning and go do my uh, intervals. And I was like, I'm so tired and I'm not quite sure why. So he and I chatted and he convinced me along with wife to take a few days off from working out. And I can't think of a better recommendation. I'm so glad I decided to not be hard-headed hard headed and continue working out, even though I know I needed to rest and like sleep in. Sleep in means till like 6.15, 6.30 at the latest, so I can get up and catch the bus. But I didn't realize how much my body and my soul needed to rest. I needed to not think and not be on the go And of course I was at work, but even at work, I was like, I'm going to contain myself to really like hardcore focus at work so that I don't feel as compelled to bring the work home with me because I still am working through not doing that. It's gotten a ton better over the weekend. And some days I'm just like, F it, I'm not, I'm not doing anything after, after hours. Uh, But sometimes I still do. So I have to own that about myself, but not doing those things for even those three or four days felt so relieving and it gave me time to breathe and to think and to just exist. I could play a game on my phone. I could watch a documentary that I've been wanting to watch. I could take the dog for a really long walk. So, and even in that time, I was like, how do I not do this again? How do I not find myself in this place? And it, it wasn't a burnt out feeling because I don't, I'm not sure if I know what that felt like, feels like. But it was really like my soul was just like, girl, lay down, rest, don't do anything. And then in that time of rest, I realized, what are the things that keep me going? What are the things that I feel confident about? What are my superpowers? I think lately we've been hearing people talk about like, these are my superpowers. And I was like, you know what, damn it. I think I'm going to take a little bit of time and think about what my own superpowers are. So that's what I'm going to try to focus on some today, as well as a recommendation. And then a trash ass, um, story that I saw in, um, in the newspaper. So I was trying to think of like, let me toot my own horn and think about what are my superpowers? What do I feel really confident about and bring to the table? And I seem to do with what feels like with ease and I don't have to think overly hard about it and it works. So I have a couple of those things. Um, What are my superpowers? And I'll ask you at the end, I'm, I'm super interested to hear what your superpowers are because we all have them. And I think it's very much worth the time and energy to think about what are our own superpowers for those, those times when we need a boost and need to be lifted up. And sometimes we have to lift ourselves up uh, because there's not going to be the world around us kind of shaping us to uh, lift us up and raise us up as everybody's trying to do that for themselves. But I digress. Some of my superpowers, um, 
I can hold difficult and challenging decisions. So what does that mean? I am a decisive person, so I can make a decision. And that doesn't mean the decision every time is always right and always works for everybody, but I can hold that difficult decision and that challenging decision. And if it doesn't work, then we do something different the next time. But it, I, I have a challenging time when there's so much indecision in a conversation or we need to move something forward, either personally or professionally. And there's like 50, 11 questions that go along with it. And really that's like a striving to be perfect and holding ourselves back from being wrong and, and receiving the feedback that we likely need, but we were maybe apprehensive to ask, um, especially if there might be feedback that we receive like on a, um, a wide scale or if several people are privy to that. Um, and that, if you think about it in an organization, there's so many times that leaders in an organization will sit around with each other and overthink decisions and come up with all of these things. And really, if they put the thing that the thing or the whatever needs to be decided upon out there and let people weigh in, that doesn't mean that you have to take in to take in everything that someone says as feedback. <clears throat> But it's so helpful when we take the time to kind of hear from people who are going to be impacted by a decision or <clears throat> or they may have to be the performer of said decision. And we can't always be perfect, but we have to have space and capacity to hold those decisions and be responsible for that and back it up if we if we need to back it up. But then there's also the part where we have to give ourselves grace to know that if our decision didn't go well, that we can change. And that doesn't make us a bad person. That doesn't make us a poor decision maker. Maybe that decision was not the right decision at that time, but perhaps we made it given with giving all of the best information we had to consider at that time. So one of my superpowers, holding difficult and challenging decisions and backing that up and being willing to give myself grace to pivot away from that if, that, if that's what is a result of that decision, if it doesn't go well. Let's see, another one of my superpowers is, and I didn't even realize that I do this, but apparently I do this all the time. Um, I'm learning this a lot with my uh, new role, um, calling people in. So what does that mean? That means that I seemingly have a way of inviting people into conversations or even challenging people at varying levels of an organization to say more about what they've said or comment more or challenge them on something that they may have said that may have been like a little effed up. And I seem to be able to do that and people are responsive to that. That's a few reasons, I think. Number one, I don't want to sit in a space and be in a space where I am uncomfortable about something and I can't hold anybody else responsible for um, acknowledging my discomfort. If I feel something, then I have to find a way and muscle up my brave and strong, which I've talked about before, to say something. Is it always going to be polished and perfect? No, it is not. But I, I owe it to myself and I owe it to... Um, the people around me. And I owe it to the black men and women that are going to come into a room after me and be present in that room after me to say something. I don't want to be irresponsible with the, the power and the privilege that I have to be in some spaces that I've invited myself into or that I have been invited into by someone else. So I take those things really seriously. And if I can be the disruptor of some of the like shenanigans that may happen in an organization, and it's not just my current organization, I was certainly the person that would uh, call people in at every organization that I've worked worked with, um, and really try to bring people to see 
let me personalize this a little bit. That's usually what I say. I said, let me personalize what I'm hearing you say and how other people might receive that. So, and I ch- I'm challenged with that sometimes because I'm like, does this make me like the safe black person, the safe person of color where people feel like they can F up and say things that are like off the mark, if you will, and it be okay. And I've come to the realization is that I don't know that I'm the safe person, but I'm the person willing to have a conversation and that people can hear what I'm saying. Um, I think that rolls into another one of my superpowers is saying critical or constructive things in a way that people can hear. Um, And I never make guarantees that someone's going to like what I have to say, but I can say that I have been consistently in spaces where what I say is digestible. So again, maybe that makes me like the the digestible black girls because I say things in a way that people can hear. Um, I can't control for that. But what I can do is say the things that I know that people probably need to hear and maybe won't hear based on um, how they show up in the room positionally, um, racially, uh, in terms of sexual orientation. I always feel like there's a space for me. If I'm in a room it's my responsibility and and duty to call people in because I don't want people coming up behind me to walk into a place or a space that is um, not prepared to receive them. That doesn't mean I can guarantee that behaviors will change or words will will change, but I don't want to be a part of the the, uh, problem persisting, if you will. Um, Another, when I say about calling people in, there are a few words or things that I say where people sometimes don't know how to take it. So uh, sometimes somebody will say something effed up and I'll be like, hmm, well, that's certainly an approach. And then we'll sit in silence and, and I'll let them sit and think about what they've actually said. Because usually people will be like, um, like, what does that mean? And then that opens up the conversation a little further. Um, another thing that I have done is I will ask folks, like, how, how do you think that would go over if you said that in front of a large group of people? Um, of a di- quote unquote, a diverse group of people. And then I let them know, I was like, this is a, an environment hopefully where we can talk about those things that you may like, can I say this in front of other people? And I'm going to be honest because I get secondhand embarrassment for people. So if somebody like flubs up on a larger stage, like in front of a group or in a large email thing, like I like cringe when I see that happen. So if I, again, if I can be part of like helping someone to learn and grow on a small scale so that they don't, they don't make the large scale mistake, I would much rather do that. Um, let's see. I think the last two of my superpowers and I have many superpowers. So, um, but these are the last two that I um, kind of came up with on my list is owning my shit and apologizing when I need to. And it's not easy. That one's like a rather difficult one. And I realize that I am my own worst critic, so I have to be um, acknowledging of that. And sometimes an apology is necessary and reminding myself that I don't lose anything by apologizing for something that I did that was um, that didn't go over well. Or as I say, it went over like a lead balloon. I think it role models that I make mistakes and I know how to recover from mistakes. But also it's authentic to me because I don't want to be in a space where I I seem untouchable or I'm like, I never do or say anything that's wrong or incorrect or that couldn't be done better. So I very much believe in owning my shit and being like, you know what? That was me. 
I apologize. These are the things or the thing that I'm going to do to not have this happen in the future. Thank you for the feedback because I'd rather you tell me now at the beginning as opposed to I've made this mistake three or four times and then you just stewing and mad in the corner about it. But I don't know because I didn't have a chance to own my own stuff. And so I think that's one thing that I actually do quite well. Um, I've gotten better at not owning up so much stuff that it's not mine. So I think there's a there's a there may be a tendency or a propensity, if you will, to own so much stuff that's not yours and own larger decisions that you're a part of as your own. So you've got to work to temper that with is it mine to own or can I, or is there a part for me to own or we need to collectively like step up and be like, we collectively stepped in this shit and this was my part and this is what I can do better for the future. Um, and then the last one is advocating for myself. Um, that should be uh, a period is the, the word that I wrote in my notes, but I think it's another um, thing that I have had to learn to do because it has been, both role models for me and not role role models for me. I've seen people around me do it really well, but I've seen people get trampled on and not advocate for themselves. That is in terms of like my mental health and my mental health needs, um, my medical needs, my, my need to disconnect from work on occasion, which I already struggle with. But like, if I say I'm like, I'm going to be offline, I won't be responding to that until, um, a different time, then that means I'm not going to be responding to that to the different time. And thankfully I've had folks, um, understand that, but I've had to put those things out there vocally. Like I am not available to do this. So one thing that I, that I've learned how to do is not to say like, this is what I'm not going to do, but I'll say, well, I'm not available for the following. Like I'm not available to continue to do this extra work without considerations for compensation and a title change. That's one I've used in the last like three years and it's worked. So I'm not saying I'm not going to do this, but let me tell you what I'm available for and what I'm not available for. And then we can, we can consider what's the decision after that. So yeah, but I think that's a tough one because as a woman and a woman of color, number one, I am, I'm super mindful of, uh, unfortunately like thinking that I'm asking for too much when what is too much. And then I think, what would Chad do? And then I get myself together, but it's also like, there's only so much I'm going to be willing to carry like the emotional weight and labor of something. And usually that's what it is. It's the advocating for myself because I realized that I'm carrying emotional weight and doing the emotional labor of other people um, because I will step into that role and am okay with being into the squishy conversations and kind of diving deeper and calling people in to that. And I'm sure some people will listen to this and be like, that bitch called me out. Okay, that's fine. You still listening to the show. So how about that? All right. So, uh, the podcast recommendation that I have is by my girl, Brittany. I believe she goes by, uh, genuine Gemini. I will include, I will add her in the notes and on the posts for this uh, episode. She just started her podcast. Um, she is one of my, my Tachi retreat sisters and, um, one of my woman evolved sisters as well. So I got to spend more quality time with her at woman evolved, which was awesome. Um, and she's also from California. So shout out to Callie. Um, her uh, podcast is called upgrading and unpacking, and it's a look at travel, but also with, um, I will say the spin I will take is travel. And then some of the mental health things that either go along with travel or they may be like mental health things that stand out separately. So, 
Um, her most recent episode was Unpacking Fear. And two things I loved about it. One, it was to the point. I love a good podcast that's like to the point. Um, and it was real and it was honest. And she kind of opened up some about like some of the barriers to her in terms of fear and what that what what that has represented for her. So shout out to her for talking about it and being about it and asking for feedback and really going out there and doing the doing the damn thing. So shout out to you, Genuine Gemini, um, aka Brittany. Uh podcast is upgrading and unpacking. Uh and it's on a bunch of different outlets. I will like I said, I will at and um what is that? Uh connect via Instagram. This is how fancy I am with my language. I am not. And the trash story that I read online, this was in, uh, it was in the San Francisco Chronicle because I live in the Bay Area. Um, it is the school district, the title of it, and I won't go into too many details um, because I was so pissed when I read it. Um, the school district in Marin County agrees to desegregate in settlement with state. And so I saw this and I said, hmm, when, what year is this article? Because desegregate, like, what do you mean? This is 2019. Apparently there was a school district in Marin County, California, which is Northern California, just north of uh, San Francisco. And they had developed this program over the last, you know, a number of decades where they had, they were pulling students from low performing schools and basically segregating them away from, um, higher performing students in higher performing schools. And I don't even, there's like almost no words to, that describe the, the tomfoolery, um, the clownery, um, the shenanigans that go with that. So I am embarrassed for them that number one, this is happening in California. Like, I mean, California is like great, but clearly we have our issues on a variety of things, but the fact that they had to come to a settlement to desegregate in 2019 is beyond me. So I will see how do I, I'll try to figure out how to link the article there, but it, what the hell? Oh, which briefly also reminds me of, uh, if you watched or you've been watching the candidates from the democratic party, um, I'm not going to talk about 45 and the trash that is all of that. Um, but there was a clip of Joe Biden who, whatever, he's old, but I'll just say that um, he was saying something about like schools and he was like the, basically he messed up and said that the black kids uh, and brown kids, the, they're essentially not as good as white kids, if I'm paraphrasing. And I don't have the the verbiage in front of me, but it was so embarrassing and awkward to watch. And I was like, oh, these are the times when the truth comes out. I guess, I mean, I think we all knew it um, based on his past practice. And um, yeah, it was, it was just really uncomfortable and cringeworthy to say the very least. So that's the episode for this week. Uh, if you listen in, you know where to find me. Uh, please feel free to share. And let me know what you think. If you want to write a, a review and rate the show, by all means, I would love that. But if you don't, I'll be back here next week doing the same thing. All right, y'all take care and be safe out there with all the shenanigans and all these um, uh, active shooters out in all these public places. So my heart goes out to you. Thoughts and prayers, because I believe in prayer. So 
Um, but I think there's obviously some other things that we can be doing to advocate for somebody to actually look at all the gun law proposals that are sitting on um, the, what is it, the majority leader's desk, whatever. I'm not even going to fool with him. But y'all be safe out there. Um, take care of each other. Look out for each other. And I will talk to you next episode. Bye. Bye.